welcome back to the Sense Fitness Podcast after many months away. Hey! For good reason, we had a baby. Yeah, and we're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Our second kid, man. It's been uh, an interesting and fun uh, month and a half or so. Yep. But we're we're back in action with the podcast uh, and today's guest. Uh, a really just down-to-earth, genuine guy, uh, Patrick Ryan. Uh, he is an online uh, trainer, an online nutrition coach, uh, and he calls himself the lean dad expert. Yeah, I think it's uh, you had a relationship, you have a relationship with Pat. You guys um, obviously communicate more than, than he and I do. It was my first time talking with him. And um, from what you told me of him, how you described him to then speaking to him personally, it's interesting because at first I was like, whoa, is this guy for real? Like, he's so genuine and he like really, really wants to help people. And I'm thinking to myself, that can't be like, really? Are there really good people out there like Pat? And then you guys will listen at the very end. We do these rapid fire questions and I ask him uh, one question that his answer leads me to believe like yeah hell yeah this guy is like the real deal really genuine awesome person um really cares about his clients yep so here he is patrick ryan patrick ryan lean dad expert all the way from albuquerque new mexico welcome to the show hey man how's it going good good Hey, Pat, I really like, uh, so this is the first time that we're speaking and meeting, uh, but I asked uh, Jim about your Instagram page just to get like a little bit more, get like a little background info on you. And um, I really like your, I turn average dads into their kids, real life superheroes. That's pretty clever. Thank you. Yeah, that, uh, that I can't, I can't take all the credit. I, that was a community effort from me and some, some colleagues, but I, I thought it came off, came out pretty, uh, pretty nicely. So thank you. So you're the reason I have a superhero here in my living room, my dining room, right? <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite. He, but although Jim and I have, have helped each other out in one way, shape or form, yeah, that's for sure. He so. did it all his own, but no, tell me, tell me about that. How, what is that? really the meaning behind all that what's the program what what are you all about yeah so i think a lot of that i i would say the the ethos or the i guess you could say the the energy behind that phrase so to speak is rooted in i i guess you'd say yeah some of my own personal experience relative to the fact that i although i'm not a a dad at this point in time um i'm looking to become one in the near future. And I, I think about primarily looking up to my dad and thinking about how he was and still is the one of the superheroes in my life, being able to do things as I was younger that I always looked up to, that I always always wanted to embody. And as I've continued into my, into my career in the fitness industry, both in person and online, it's just, it seems at least at this point in time to be a rather organic fit to where Okay, I wanna I wanna be able to help other other dads be that for their kids in their in their own way, how they based on how they prefer to define it, I guess you could say. So let's let's start at the beginning. Have have you always worked in, in the fitness industry? That's been the only job you've ever had, or did you do other things and kind of gravitated into the fitness space? 
Well, so I, I did other things in the sense of odd jobs, obviously in high school prior and throughout college, stuff of that sort. But when I, when I started college, I, I knew without a doubt that I wanted to be a part of the fitness industry in some way, shape or form initially, which is still kind of the sphere that I'm a part of now is relative to the conventional, I guess you could say, uh, gym, gym culture, working out conventional exercise type stuff. So I knew right off the bat that that was going to be my, my entry point. So I didn't throughout, you know, I'm 30 years old now. So I would say over 12 years at this point, I've, I've had a pretty firm understanding or feeling as to where I wanted to be and where I wanted to go. What was it for you that kind of clicked in your head and you're like, you know, cause you sounded pretty confident with that answer. Like, this is what I know I want to do. What was that moment for you? Well, it's interesting. <clears throat> so my, my roots in exercise come from, I played baseball in high school and I was, I was practicing all the time. I was, I was lifting weights because that was what was required. But when I was in high school, I have, or I had an uncle that competed in all natural bodybuilding. I remember seeing that and telling myself, okay, whenever this baseball thing stops, I don't know when that will be. Cause at the time I, I wanted to play collegiately, um, at the collegiate level. And I, I told myself, well, when that, when that stops, whatever that is, I'm going to give bodybuilding a try. So around freshman, sophomore year of college, I decided to go all in on that. It spanned about three years that I had done it. But during that time, uh, what was really, really interesting for me was I was going through contest prep, the whole bulking, cutting thing. My life was pretty much revolving around that sport at the time. And really what set things into motion as far as me really digging my heels in and doubling down and just making the decision I'm I'm not, I'm not going to deviate from my health ever. And as a result, I will then help coach others in, in that similar vein was an experience. Uh, and I, a rather a, an interaction I had with, uh, one of my uncles, not the one that had competed, but another one where I don't think this comes as any surprise. A lot of us have, or are a part of a family that maybe isn't as healthy as we all would prefer. A lot of the male figures in my life primarily are not in the healthiest state as they could be. And I remember having a conversation with my uncle at the time around my training, my eating, and how this was definitely something I was interested in. I just, I enjoyed everything that came with it. And he pretty much alluded to telling me, well, that's cool and all, but you know, <laughs> you have this to look forward to. And he's, <laughs> he pats on his stomach, pretty much telling me, no, no matter what you do, you're going to end up where all your, you know, your dad and your, your uncles are at. And in the, in the back of my head, I, I, I thought F you watch me. <laughs> and that pretty much set everything into motion to where I'm not, I wasn't going to let, I wasn't going to let life circumstance dictate and control my health. It was going to work in the opposite fashion. Sure. Did you ever get on the stage with bodybuilding? Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I did two out of the three years. So no knock on anybody that competes if that's what they do and if that's what they enjoy and that brings vibrancy to their life, more power to them. Uh, I'm not going to knock that. But my experience got to a point to where I realized it wasn't something that I could sustain. So two of the three years that I was 
training, I guess you could say, I did go on stage, I did compete, all that kind of stuff, which was a lot of fun. But really what changed things and shifted my focus, at least for me, to a state of trying to find something that was more sustainable, that really had much more balance within it to where I could go live life and not have to obsess over what I'm eating or how long I've gone without exercise, stuff of that sort. My third year, I think it was maybe a couple couple months rather prior to me jumping on stage, I came down with a low-grade fever, nothing crazy. E, uh, urgent care wasn't open, so I had to go to e, the ER. They ran some tests, did a blood test, urinalysis. Well, come to find out, I was going into renal insufficiency. And if I kept pushing myself with my training and my eating, I was increasing the likelihood of going into kidney failure. Mm-hmm. So... At that point in time, when they told me that, I was like, okay, I'm done. So I, I recovered from that and made the, made the conscious decision that I don't, I don't see this being a long-term sport for me. It, I think it opened the door to exercise and being more conscious of my eating. That's definitely something that I've taken away from that, but it put me in a very obsessive state of mind. Uh, I had, I definitely worked through some disordered eating habits, body dysmorphia type stuff, body image stuff. So, um, I still pulled a lot of positives out of it, but two of the three years, yeah, I did. I did hop on stage and compete. Do you find that that experience has been beneficial in, in any sort of unique way now doing what you do? I would, I would argue absolutely. Although, Sure. You can't control life. Life isn't going to bring with it the most preferable of circumstances. It's interesting you say that because I, I always like to convey and let people know as a, as a professional in this industry. Now, it, now that I look back on it, it was kind of my job to venture into extremes to show others that they don't really need to do that when it comes to losing weight, when it comes to finding better health, because as a youngster in high school, looking at my, my uncle competing, I didn't know any better. That was the embodiment of health. They're, they're in great shape. They're super lean. They look at least on the surface, they look super healthy. So I just decided to, to dive headfirst into that. And I found out that for me, it was the exact, it was the exact opposite. So I was able to venture into that, that extreme end for me and, and take away more sustainable elements that I could adjust and, and create for myself moving forward and now for my clients. So what is that exactly with the clients? Because you said you're not a dad yourself, um, but that doesn't mean it's not like, you know, the saying those who can't do teach, you obviously can do, you have done, um, you know, and you are a trainer. Uh, there is a certain level obviously of, of experience I think required um, to kind of get on the same level as some as as your client or maybe to kind of understand where they're coming from but that isn't required really to to be a dad really a dad is just somebody who can multitask and is compassionate and caring for other humans you know their children um, so how are you able to kind of relate with your clients sure so <clears throat> I think where I I think that's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. And I'm honestly, I'm really excited for it because I, I also understand there is a little bit of disconnect in the fact, I'm not going to say that I know everything there is to be a dad, you know, I, I have little to no experience relative to that. So 
what I think really changes things going into that is viewing that difference and things being at least initially on the surface being diametrically opposed as an opportunity for learning mm. to where, okay, you're struggling with, this is where the common ground is. Like uh, you're, you're struggling with your exercise, your eating, coping mechanisms, et cetera, et cetera, whatever it might be. That's kind of my strong suit at this point in time. Your strong suit is being a dad. You've helped raise kids, whether it was uh, with a partner in your life, on your own, completely, whatever that might be. So viewing that as an opportunity to learn more about their life and get an understanding of like, oh, I need you to teach me what that's like first so I can better coach you. And then on the other side of things, relative to the fact that I am not a father at this point in time, is documenting that experience myself. And I think this is part of a lot of my motivation moving forward is because at least not just in my family, but I'm, I'm also paying attention to a lot of societal and cultural norms and, and, and trying to break this stigma of, well, becoming a dad is synonymous with your health getting worse. It's synonymous with all these negative things happening to your health. So it's like, well, I understand I can help reshape that stigma with my clients but also knowing that I have the opportunity to completely reshape that for myself and subsequently be an example for other dads, mm. whether other, other men were on the fence of becoming a father or getting in a serious relationship and really understanding like, okay, there, there are Jim included, you know, other friends that I have in the industry that are, were able to look at one another and be like, well, they're, they're doing it. Their life isn't in shambles and are able to raise an awesome, be a part of an awesome family. And they're not in poor health and, and really, really changing the dialogue around that. So I'd say initially it's viewing that difference as an opportunity for learning instead of it being, Oh, I don't know. I'm not on your level. We can't work with one another. There's something that we can learn from another one another throughout this journey. And then on top of that is really documenting my experience of health, where I started, where I'm at, where I'm going, and hopefully just help and show. And who knows, I could fall flat on my face. We'll find out when I, when I get there. But knowing that at the very least, I'm going to give it my best in, in the hopes that I can, I can show other people that it's possible. Your, your health does, should not and, and won't leave you as soon as you have kids in your 20s and your 30s, and then you're doomed until you're retired. Yeah. You said a, a couple of like really important things there. One that, that kind of sticks out the most was, you know, we can both learn from each other. And I think hearing you say that, and, you know, we've talked a bunch over the past, you know, since the beginning of the year, really. So like hearing those things come from you isn't um, out of the ordinary for me. But um, for people listening, you know, people who have had maybe a, a negative experience in the gym or with a weight loss coach or a strength program or whatever that we can learn from each other might be like a, a little bit of a foreign concept to them. So how do you kind of approach those conversations with, with your clients to let them know like, Hey, we're on the same team here rather than here's my program, eat this way and it'll work. So, I, 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 relative to your question, the, the first thing that comes to mind is, well, 
it's my, I feel like it's my job to be a leader in some way, shape or form in some sense relative to that and shaping a new path relative to this client's experience. So you made mention, sure, they've, they've had a meal program, they've done a workout program and really providing a deeper contextual understanding that it goes so much deeper than that. That's really what gets people in the door is, Hey, I want help with exercise. I want help with eating. And I feel like it's, it's my job. And that's why I, I find, so I've continued to, to grow into a place of finding social media so much more fun because, okay, well, I, as, as your possible coach sometime in the future, whenever that might be, I'm letting, you know, through me being vulnerable and sharing my story as to what's, what's up from down through deep communication that this might be a, a worthwhile path to go down when it comes to working with a coach where it's sure we need to exercise. We need to pay attention to our eating and all that kind of stuff, but there's a deeper dialogue that needs to be had around what you've done, where you've come from traumas you've experienced being scared about how to handle changes in your life when it comes to your eating, your exercise and knowing just creating kind of a, a creating a landscape and an ecosystem or an environment where they're more comfortable to have those conversations because they've seen me do it to complete strangers on the internet. Yeah. You bring up uh, social media and I, I come back to a couple of your posts on Instagram. One of that sticks out in my mind is feel free to unfollow me and, you know, putting your ego aside and understanding that time is the most valuable thing we all have on this earth. But to have you say to people out there, to people who don't know you, right? Um, hey, I it's fine. Unfollow me. And I'm totally cool with that because that's what you need. And I'm here to give you what you need. If that's what makes you happy, go for it, man. Right? Yeah. No, it's it's one I, I'm 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 happy that that resonated in some way, shape, or form because that's very much it. I don't I and I feel like it, it ties into deeper deeper pieces that many, many others can possibly relate to, but it's just like, you got to do you. And if it makes, if it helps in some way, shape or form, if it helps make the world a better place, if you and I were not to be connected with one another, if what I'm saying doesn't vibe or jive with you, like more power to you. Like I've, I've got other things going on in my life to where it's not worth my energy being mad about it. It's not worth your energy being mad about it. Let's just go, let's go our own way instead of it being us, us um, really fighting against one another and separating. Why can't it be viewed as, well, we're just growing apart. We're both growing. So maybe it is, maybe it's not as much of a innately a, a bad thing or negative thing as we might think it be. So Pat, how do you take a client, let's say uh, a dad who, you know, has a lot on his plate, who uh, feels like he's being torn in a lot of different directions, uh, might maybe have a negative outlook, thinks, you know, losing weight is all about macros and calorie counting. And, you know, it's got to be this, there's no other alternative. And here you are with this positive outlook and deeper level of compassion, it seems. How do you take that, what you're about? I mean, is it through osmosis that you get that to your client? Like, how does that work? <laughs> Sure. If, if it was as easy as osmosis, we wouldn't, I don't think we'd be on this podcast <laughs> right now. You know what I mean? Like the fitness industry would cease to exist. 
Um, but who knows? We might we might grow into a space into the future where that's possible. But um, yeah, I think I think a lot of it. I, th- I think a lot of it has to do with tying this experience of one's journey to that of the greater picture of life, because we're, we're all going through it right now and tying it into, and this is where, where I really, really enjoy the storytelling or the getting to know one another aspect of things, because it's my job to tie their journey into stuff that they've already experienced in the past long before that I had ever met them. So them tying me into different avenues and different experiences that they had that were full of a lot of adversity and how, and learning how they overcame that. And then me on the outside, really, really picking out little pieces that maybe they didn't really look at and pay as much attention to in the moment or even after the fact that show some semblance of resiliency that continues to show me and then subsequently them that they can work through whatever there is, whatever it is they are working through currently. So it's, that's what I find so much fun about this where it's like, it's, it's starting small and it's starting on whatever, whatever habit that seems reasonable that they can work on what I'm a big mindful eating kind of coach to where I'm big on, working with a client on the how they eat long before I even coach them on what, which I know for a lot of people, understandably so, is met with a little bit of resistance because it's it's different from what a lot of people believe dieting or anything like that should be should be initially. And it's meeting them where they're at, getting to know their story, finding how and letting and coaching them and making sure that they're aware that they have had resilience and problem solving skills their entire life and this set of circumstances with their journey of health is no different and starting with just planting small little seeds of figuring out how we can make little minor tweaks to their existing framework and trust that that's going to build over time and again referencing that to like their career you know if they were if they're in a in a in a particular job where they're higher up tying that into like well that didn't that didn't really come out of nowhere that came that came from daily small steps working through a lot of ambivalence etc cetera, etc cetera. so a lot of it is sure what brings them into the door is the exercise and the eating but as long as they're willing to have a deeper dialogue and a more extended and maintained communication with one another to provide that context that's where a lot of the it's a it's it's a mindset excuse me a mindset shift more than more than anything. Jim, I'll let you talk in a minute. Hold that thought. It's just the first time I'm talking to Pat, and I'm fascinated. So, are you peeling back the layers of this client right in the beginning? Are you asking them to be totally open with you right from the get go, or is this something that's happening over time together? That's a, I think that's a good question, and this is, and I think both of y'all can can agree because this is just the primary theme of the fitness industry, right? If there's anything that we've learned in this industry, is the answer is always going to be it depends, mm-hmm. and I love the fact that it's going to depend because it's going to mean that we are going to have to dig deeper and learn more about one another as coach and client. So relative to that, it's always going to depend. It's always on a case by case basis. I'm, I'm doing a lot of reading the individual by no means. If I'm working with someone that obviously is not comfortable with opening up and being as open, 
I'm not going to force them out of that, out of that comfort zone. I'll hmm. find ways. That's, that's why I, th- and I think you all can agree. Coaching is nothing short of an art. So it's, it's reading that individual relative to the circumstances they're in all that kind of stuff. And even more so of an art now in the online sphere, because we're not able to meet with one another in person. Um, it's, it's a case by case basis of seeing, if they're comfortable with it, I'm reading their feedback and then making that determination as to whether we've go, go farther. I have clients that I've worked with for three years and the first year and a half to two years, they're still very closed off. But the third year they become this open book and wow. the floodgates open and things change. They're more communicative as opposed to I've had clients where the, the first ever phone call we've had, they're an open book. They're emotional. We touch on some some really substantial and legitimate pain points. So it's just like life. It's always going to fall within a, a continuum. Cool. All right, Tim, go for it. <laughs> well, I was going to kind of touch on what you said about you know trying to relate their kind of eating and exercise habits to you know something. Um, that they might view as like a, a greater or, or grander thing, like like their career or you know how they've been able to um, you know get a promotion at work or you know deal with uh, the loss of a family member or, or something like that. And you know you see those posts on on social media all the time that try to like draw the comparisons. Um, can you give us an example of of one of those? conversations and and kind of how you paralleled the two and if it you know unlocked some some greater potential for for the client yeah so in all reality relative to what you're bringing up it's not always as and i think it's probably better this way that it's not always so cut and dry as to okay i have them just with the vast majority so to provide excuse me context with the vast majority of the clients I work with, yeah, at some point in time, we are touching that that spot of, okay, tell me, tell me a story about an, 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 uh, an instance in which you dealt with a great level adverse, of adversity and you overcame it, et cetera, et cetera. And they tell me that story. And it's not always as cut and dry as, okay, you told me that story, so let's tie this directly into okay, now we, now we know that you can adjust your eating, you can adjust your exercise, et cetera, et cetera. It's more of that artful display of we're planting that seed within them, telling me that story. And then we just continue moving on with the existing framework of habits that we're working with instead of, instead of it being this overt, oh, you told me this story. Here's how I'm just going to directly tie it into your eating and your exercise. Whereas it's more of just, creating an inner dialogue in in the client it's going to be different for each client but really planting that seed within the client that this is this is much what they're going through is much bigger than a fitness journey to where they're going to lose x amount of pounds to where we're almost kind of bridging the gap and creating an understanding that your health is this omnipresent force it's always with you so just by you telling me this story that you overcame severe or great amounts of adversity, we're planting that seed and understanding that 
whatever, whatever comes in the future that you're going to be able to, in some way, shape or form that you are already equipped, you already have the tools to overcome adversity in the future. So in the event that something comes up, that's when I can draw back to that experience and, and, and saying, Jim, you know, you, I remember you telling me A, B, C, and D a couple months back. Are you open to talking a little bit deeper about how we can maybe navigate this? Because I, I sense that this is pretty difficult for you instead of it just being like, oh, you know, here, I'm going to pull this rabbit out of the hat. You told me, you just told me 10 minutes ago and just trying to continue to push it along a really, really specific agenda relative to just exercise and, and eating. Right. And I think, you know, that really highlights just how client centered you are in, in your approach to to fitness training and, you know, the overall health and, and well-being of, of your clients. And, you know, we're in, we're in some, you know, like business development groups together and, and whatnot. And I, th- I think a lot of times it's, it's easy to get distracted by the number of clients you have, how much money you're making are, you know, and those are the, the two things that people look at to, to kind of gauge their success. But, you know, for you, it seems like more so than that, it's, like how many lives am I changing? And that might seem like this sort of grandiose type of statement, but you know, if anybody listening follows you, and I'm sure they will after this podcast, the like dozens or so people that, that actually listen. But um, you know, I think they'll see that that is that's a genuine sort of statement that would come from you. Yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting you say that because this is something that I've I've thought about a lot. We were talking prior to to getting getting live here relative to my transition from working in a big box gym to making that full full transition and move into an independent space with just focusing on online and, and minimal in person stuff, but having full, a full sense of agency around it. And what this reminds me of is having had worked in a big box corporate gym setting. It's really interesting. We, I would have, I would have these monthly meetings with my manager at the time. And I had various managers over my seven, eight years working at this facility. And at no point in time ever in a meeting with a manager or management ever, the first question, well, at no point in time was it ever asked, but the first question was always relative to numbers. How are we doing on our goal? How are we doing on revenue? How are we doing on redemptions? And it really rubbed me the wrong way because sure, I, it's no, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that's the reality we live in. Okay. Everybody's got to make a living. Everybody's got to pay the bills, all that kind of stuff. That's fine. But the fact that what brought me into the industry, which was very, is very people centered. I love people. I love helping them and whatever. I just love getting to know them and figuring out how we can collaborate with one another. That's what got me into the industry. And then going through and and living within such an ecosystem that was that I was so diametrically opposed to, to where I would go into these meetings. And the first thing that's being asked to me, uh, asked of me is not, not related to people in the way that I want it to be. It's almost looking at people as if they're just numbers. And I'm never, I was never asked, how are your clients doing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that would help provide a deeper conversation. So that uh yeah i think you you nailed it on the head that's definitely where 
where my my interest and my intention has always been and always will be moving on in the future, trusting that all the other stuff is just going to take care of itself. I, I trust that it will. So if that other stuff isn't uh, a primary goal, let's say, then what is it that keeps you up at night, if anything, Re- with regards to the business, of course, or life? I mean, hey, we're sharing here. <laughs> yeah, so... And it's, yeah, so obviously we're, we're just getting to know each other for the first time. Understandably so, Jim and I have had a little bit of background, but still I think I'm continuing to grow into a, a deeper space within this because it's also something that affects me personally. And I think it touches on my point earlier and just kind of saying, screw it, I'm going to be vulnerable, I'm going to be open, and I'm just going to trust whoever's going to keep being my friend and continue associating with me, whether it's a client, a colleague, etc. Those are my people. It's and for me, this is where it goes far deeper than I tell people all the time, I'm very, I'm very well versed and equipped to help you with exercise and to help you with eating. But for me, that's the easiest part of my job by far the easiest. What keeps me up at night and what drives me is making sure people know that they're cared about. You know, as somebody who, you know, myself works through and has been working through anxiety and depression and stuff of that sort, it's really, really easy to, and I understand and I empathize um, how you can go to a space of just feeling like, this is it, man, like nothing matters. You know what I mean? And especially as it ties into these, these, uh, these physical, um, fitness related elements of life. If we're not in as good of health as we would maybe prefer being and how that can exacerbate it. And really what keeps me up at night is making sure that when, when my clients or just people in general are going through tough times, we're going through it right now. It's, but even, even outside of the pandemic we're we were all going through some sort of adversity regardless. So, but knowing that if, if somebody's going through a tough time, that they, that they know that there are avenues, not just exercise and eating better, but there are a myriad of avenues to make sure that they're supported, that, they, um, that they've got a community, that they've got help, all that kind of stuff, because it's just, it's easy to, it's easy to go to a bad place. And especially where we're at right now, where there are still lots of people out there that are confined to living in their homes, it's hard. It, it, I think it really, really amplifies and highlights weak spots in our society and in our world. And individually, you know, I've had to take an individual audit of, okay, I'm not able to go out and do some of these things that I normally would just kind of take for granted. So are my, are my coping strategies where they need to be? Mm-hmm. Because if they're not, this is going to make it much more difficult. Yeah. And that leads me to my next question. I'm curious. It's very admirable, like what you're talking about. I mean, I wish, I think if more people possess that quality, we'd be in a much better place in the world as a society. Um, do you ever find that you take on all of that of your clients, like all of that, whatever's holding them down, the pressure, the anxiety, the negativity, um, are you taking it with you? Are you bearing it on your own soul or like what's keeping you positive? How, how are you, you know, going on really? Sure. Yeah, so I I think that's a really good question because first and foremost, I have to remain self-compassion or, you know, yeah, I have to have some some self-compassion and understand that this is going to be an, a never-ending, infinite 
journey of self-compassion and it getting better relative to that because yeah i did and i'm continuing to improve i feel like there are many ways that i can do better in this regard but i did i can think of instances where yeah you just kind of own all of it you you can own all of whatever it is your client is going through when in all actuality I'm, I'm taking away that opportunity for growth and an opportunity for feeling from my client and then that opportunity to learn how to navigate it a little bit better. Um, so that's, that's definitely been an evolution and will continue to be, but as far as keeping positive, um, it's, it's, I think it ties into what I stated earlier, just making sure that I've, I'm continuing to do the best I can and in, in exhausting as many, positive self-care related avenues you know i've got a great great girlfriend in my life that's super supportive you know i used to i used to come from a place of not only just with work but just as a man in general where it was just like no just shut up don't talk about anything like just leave it leave it be that's that's complaining whatever so being open and actually talking and having the conversation is helpful very supportive family exercise obviously helps eating well has helped and then getting to the point as of two years ago where i was like okay i'm doing everything i can and i'm still not feeling as good as i want to be feeling not just with taking on more than i maybe need to be taking on with clients but just everything at the stressors that come with life in and of itself and just deciding okay, exercise, eating right, and all that kind of stuff isn't doing it. I'm just going to hire a therapist and I'm going to get some legitimate professional input as to, hey, I'm, I'm confused. What do I do? You know, no differently than when somebody comes to any of us as coaches looking for help around their eating. They're like, I've tried everything I can. I feel lost. Help provide a, a more guided sense of direction. So it's, it's definitely become, and it's really cool, it's become a very diverse, multi-pronged experience when it comes to what how i'm how i am to navigate that yeah yeah i agree i did the same thing a couple of years ago and it's one of the best uh best conversations i have every six to eight weeks yeah that's awesome man so you're um you're in albuquerque new mexico we were talking before uh i hit the record button here uh 300 plus days of sunshine I see, you know, your pictures and stuff on, on social media, your mountain biking, your hiking. Um, are those your, your sort of kind of pleasure activities in addition to like running around town trying to find the, the best cheeseburgers? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a, you bring up a really good point because I think it ties into, at least for me personally, what my evolution of, and yeah, the evolution of experience and the evolution of exercise and movement has been like for me, because I, like we had just talked about, I was very big into all natural bodybuilding in my early twenties. I feel like I exhausted that to the point to where I was, I was ready just to move on and, and make an, a, a change. And I always had, I always had really, I had always clung to conventional exercise through just weight training all the time out of fear for um i i would trivialize different forms of exercise is what it got down to was lifting weights was the gold standard for me so if i was to do any kind of mountain biking yoga 
hiking, I would have to do like a two a day when it came to exercise in order to justify doing it, as opposed to I've grown to a space to where I understand, yes, weightlifting, weightlifting is important. I'll do that a couple of days a week, but anything outside of that two, maybe three days a week, I'm needing to get outside as much as possible. And as I've done that, I found out I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful to be in a state that makes it as accessible and as fun to do um, here in New Mexico. So I would say mountain biking primarily has become one of my primary forms of, of most frequent forms of exercise outside of anything strength related I do at home. Right. Now when you're, you're mountain biking, are you, you're doing it just for fun or are there like time and or distance goals that, that you shoot for? Um, it's interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting. You say that because it's a mixture of both. So, well, it's a multitude of things really. So I started mountain biking over two years ago, if I remember correctly. And it was because my best friend did it. My best friend has always been big into being outside. He's done that his whole life. I've, I've seen him do that and I've kind of envied him, which I feel like continued to nudge me and usher me into a space of just getting outside and trusting that my health stuff will take care of itself. And it, I would say it, there are certain instances, yeah, one day a week if I can. Now that I'm in a place where my my riding is better, uh, my balance, all that kind of stuff, I'm in just a stronger position. I'll go ride areas that I know a little bit better, and I'll push myself to try and get it done as quickly as I can within reason, um, which is a lot of fun. But just in general, what I have found, and this ties into – some of my experience with my, my therapist in the past was what would create a lot of friction and what would create a lot of strain for me is I'm, I like being in very controlled spaces and situations. So I would go, a coping mechanism of mine would be, okay, I'd like to go into over-controlled spaces. And what I have found, like, it was really cool working with him. He's like, well, lifting weights has to be very controlled because you have to do an exercise a particular way. Otherwise you're going to injure yourself. Understandably. So that has to be very controlled. He started to nudge me in the, in the, in the way of, and this was right when I started mountain biking, you need to start taking part in exercises that are more under controlled to where you can't take that perfect step or that perfect line every single second of that exercise. And mountain biking became that to where you're moving so quick if, if I'm to make sure that I don't kill myself or severely injure myself, I've got to let go of all the other things that I'm thinking about that day. I can't think about work-related stuff. I can't think, I can, but it's taking my presence away from making sure I'm navigating this trail in as safe of a fashion as possible. And then just learning that I feel like it's a, it's a great uh, reminder. There are a lot of things to be pulled relative to life uh, around that to where you're riding a trail, you take a bad line, you just shrug it off and you keep going. 
And that's, that's no different than what we're going through in our day to day. It looks like, okay, that experience wasn't as great as I would have preferred it to be, but it's not the end of the world. And I'm going to keep moving because riding my bike is still fun and living my life is still fun. So I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep moving. Man, I wish I had that so many times in the past few days, weeks, months. Uh, we just had a kid like seven weeks ago. So right, right. Congratulations. I'm, thanks. I'm definitely uh, our second kid. I'm definitely not in the right mind space that you're talking about, but yeah, I'd love some of that. Do you do you sell that in pill form? Can I have some of that? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> All right, we'll uh we'll get into some kind of rapid fire questions. Um just a handful that I'll just kind of whip up right now. Um and then we'll uh Am I allowed? I mean, if you could come uh, up with some, sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tim's like, "You've been talking too much." <laughs> All right. Your deadlift PR. When I was going heavy, I think I was in somewhere around the 400s. I think it was like 450, 475, if I remember correctly. Favorite sound? Holy crap. (laughs) Favorite sound, really, really heavy, grimy, disgusting bass line. I'm a huge music fan. So like very, very heavy, grimy hip hop style dubstep baseline is probably one of my favorite sounds your favorite taboo food cookies cookies all day biggest pet peeve oh gosh i i have a lot um (laughs) man and of course i'm drawing a blank as we're you know what one one pet it's because I can get super OCD is when I'm the first one that comes to mind is when I'm doing laundry. I hate when my sleeves are, are cuffed up and all the seams are cuffed up on shirts. I have to make sure that they're, they are very, very, very neat and not, not wrinkled. Interesting. Favorite holiday. New year's for sure. Hmm. If you could choose one sense that, you, the only sense that you could have for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Hearing. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. Nice, Pat. We appreciate uh, your time. If, if anybody listening wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, you can reach me on Instagram, which is at aware underscore life ABQ, or visit, visit my website at www.aware.training. Nice. It's been a pleasure getting to know you, Pat. Yeah, it's been a pleasure being on. Thanks for having me. Cool. Our pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. All right. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sense Fitness Podcast. Just so you know, we have a fantastic online community full of good vibes and good information to help you reach your health and weight loss goals. Each day, you'll receive a new video discussing the latest fitness and nutrition topics, along with daily engagement to help keep you accountable and improving. We'd love to have you. Head over to Facebook and search for the Sense Fitness Weight Loss Warriors Group, and we'll see you there.